everyone, and welcome to the Indie Film Review, where we, me, and Jared, Dan and Jared, we like to review independent films. I am Dan, that is Jared, if you did not know. Yeah, I am the Wee Me. The Wee Me. Yes, the elusive Wee Me. That's got to be a new cryptid, right? Yeah, I was going to say, go out in the woods, hunt a Wee Me. Dude, I'm into it. Oh, shit. So this week we reviewed a independent documentary called Sex, Love, and Misery, New York, or Sex, Love, Misery, New New York. Oh, and gosh. it's it's a documentary about um, dating post-pandemic in New York City. New York City! Sorry, go ahead. It was sent to us by writer and director Shannon Alexander. Thank you, Shannon, for sending us this wonderful film and donating some of your funds to us. Yeah, that's right. Shannon has skipped the line. Skipped the line. Middle finger to everyone in the line. As a matter of fact, gained privilege to be reviewed as quickly as possible. In the new form of donations as well, we have a PayPal set up, which we will plug at the end of the episode. But for now, we're going to go right into sex, love, misery. Misery. Everything that you could possibly want about New York City. Yeah, so what is this? What is this movie, Dan? This is a film about six individuals. They pair up, they go on dates, and um, it's basically the time leading up to, like, all the events and the text messages leading up to these dates, and then the interviews that happened after the dates and kind of Mm. getting to know how they felt about the date, how they felt about the person um, and how, you know, if sparks fly or do dreams die. Well, you know, what's interesting too, is that Shannon, the, the filmer, I think he's telling them everything that the other person says, which I didn't realize on initial watching. And then like, halfway through i'm like wait a minute they know what everyone else is saying about them so i mean like that's what makes this so spicy yes you're learning the inner workings of what the other person is thinking of you Ooh, it gets it gets real good it gets good and then like they but like all of the players are like all for it they're they're in on it because you know you had to have agreed to be filmed and then also like, so your first step is, okay, I will agree to be filmed and interviewed for this. The second step is, okay, you can tell the other person what I'm about to say. Like it's kind of a Mm -hmm. twofold package to be part of this film. Yeah. And it's the lies that people tell (laughs) the documentarian. And then just to be immediately called out by the other person, like, that is not what happened at all. It's just, it's so funny going back and forth. Yeah, this film, let's, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. This film is very funny. There were a couple times where I, like, I had to stop because I was laughing out loud too hard. What a cool premise. So initially, you know, I, I, I like skimmed through it. Just, just to kind of see if, because uh, I, was, I was watching this at work, so I was going to make sure there's no nudity in it. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. There's a lot of shots of just like straight on shots, you know, mm-hmm. of characters talking. And and I was reading, uh, I watched a little bit of the beginning and I was like, okay, uh, I don't know if this film's going to be able to hold my attention. And I was completely yes. wrong. 
This film is so engaging. Everybody has great on-camera presence, especially the first couple. So the the most charismatic person in this film, her name is Asia. Yes. So let's go through let's go through these people. So you have Asia, you have Emil, you have Izzy, you have Jack, and you have Troy and Camilla. Those are the pairings that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the most that you get out of this film because of how their date goes or their multiple dates go, is the relationship between Asia and Emil. Yeah, they kind of start to steal the show. And I only think that's because the other people don't have the chemistry or they weren't willing to experiment with the chemistry as Asia is able to. Because even Emil, he kind of starts to back off. Yeah, it seems like Shannon is filming and whatever he gets, he gets. And he's going to edit it and try to make the best out of it. Yeah. And it's obvious that he's like, okay, these are the most interesting characters. Very, so I'm very keep true. Filming them. All right, so let yeah, let's do questions. Okay. And then uh, later on, we will get into all the different characters. So Dan, for sure, this is a real documentary, right? <laughs> That's my question I mean, to you. You have to understand that documentaries, no matter what, have a narrative, and there is something called rhetoric, right? Like the, this idea of persuasiveness. And we, we want to kind of take everything with a grain of salt because even though it is a nonfiction film, we don't know how stagey, you know, their reactions are essentially. And like everybody, even though it's a documentary, they perform for a camera. You know what I mean? Well, everyone, I think, starts to do that when they're being filmed. Yes, exactly. Whether so, they realize like, it or not. Exactly. So documentaries always, to me, get called into question because that's the way documentaries work. But I do think that traditionally, the, the, way, the way we would traditionally see a documentary, this is what that is. Like, it's, it's, very, it's, it's very much the truths of these people. And, like, I'll say the truths because there's multiple ideas. Like you said, how they kind of lie to the camera and then it gets turned on them and they have to deal with that. Okay, the editing is so strong in this. Yes. The editing is amazing and it's what really keeps you engaged so there's there's a few interesting things that the filmmaker does especially like with the cold open where the film just starts yeah and i'm like uh what's going on <laughs> and at first i'm like i don't know about this but then i started to love it i'm like wow this is great and then then we start bouncing around between all the characters and it's going so fast and we're getting all this information one part of me is like I'm enjoying myself, but then another part of me is, I don't know if I'll be able to handle this if this is the entire film. Right. But it does start to slow down and start to focus on the groups. Yes. And I just feel like every time where I was about to say, I don't know about this, the film's like, don't worry about it. And then it, it keeps going and it keeps, it's still good. And I'm like, I was so engaged and in, in, in so into the film uh, throughout. One of my notes was like, wow, the acting's really good in this. But now I don't know. I don't think it's acting. It's like, what it's is not, this? It's not. It's not. Everybody has what we call on-camera presence in documentaries. Yeah. And yeah. like everybody does a really good job with it. So that being said, Jared, who is your yeah. favorite character besides Asia? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We had to <laughs> take her out of the equation. <laughs> yeah, because I looked it up on the IMDb. And I don't think any of these people are, are actors. They're not. I, this all seems completely re legitimate. He, he found these people, whether they're friends or just people they, that uh, the director found. 
what an awesome thing to find all these weird group of characters. These are just characters. All of them, put them in any other like actual film where they're acting, like someone's acting this way. And you're like, wonderful. This is yes. going to be a great character for my movie. <laughs> but okay, um, let's see. I mean, Troy is really great. I do like he's, Troy. He's the guy with the green hair. Yeah. I think he might be my second favorite, but sadly, I don't feel like Camilla or Troy get the most. They don't. They're, screen time. They're they're kind of they're they're kind of the ones that are left in the dust only because the nature of their relationship. You can tell which relationships kind of worked and which ones just immediately mm-hmm. did not. So I'm guessing that Shannon set the people up to go on the dates. Probably. I'm I'm think so he had to work all of this out in advance so he could film them all and it was, what an what an interesting man that's a lot of that's a lot of work you got to do or I mean you have that or you can say like you, he interviewed random people and asked them if they were on dating sites and then mm-hmm. um, got the partner who who was intercepted by swiping right or whatever to yeah. agree to this documentary. So it, it that that might have been that might have taken a little bit of legwork away from him. Oh, by the way, um you can find this I don't know if we saw the we said this already, but you can find this, you can watch this on Tubi. Ah, Tubi, Tubi or not Tubi. <laughs> that is the question. Yeah, and Tubi's free, guys. Yeah. It's free. You know, and it's only an on. hour and seven minutes. It's, it's yeah. This definitely... what a breezy, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl movie this is. Yes. Okay. Anyways, Dan, question for you. Yes. Um, I mean, I already already praised the editing, but uh, was there anything in this film that uh, you did not like, uh, construction wise? <sighs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard to not like anything, but like there is very some. It's something that's very glaring at me that I did not like. And that is, I wish the other two relationships were just as in, in depth as Asia and Emil. All that would have been, I think is trial and error. Like, you know, you're not working out. Let's go on to the next couple. You're not working out, but let's go on the next couple. And like, what would have happened in that case would be the film would be maybe an hour and 30 minutes, hour and 40 minutes long. And I would have been okay with that. It's just because, like, the thing that I don't like about this film is you have Izzy and Jack, and you have um, Camilla and Troy, and they don't get enough screen time because they're just not interesting enough like Asia and Emil are. You know what I mean? So I, I guess I wanted more, you know, variety. Not to say that the characters aren't interesting, but it's the relationship that is, is going to spark from it. Because, spoiler alert... Uh-oh. In the long run, Asia and Emil don't work out, but they still talk to each other, and it's mm-hmm. it's fucking fantastic. The other two couples I found extremely interesting. It's just that they had no chemistry, right? Yes. So there was nowhere else for the plot to go with exactly. them because they're like, well, we're not going to see each other again. I, I like Jack all right, but I didn't like the the outcome of their relationship because... It seemed like it seemed like Jack did a lot of driving it into the ground. I guess. Jack is a character. He's a very interesting person. Yes. And trust me, we will get into all of these fucking weirdos. All right. So we are going to do spoilers and we're actually going to talk about these characters now. So, again, if you want to watch the film, go to Tubi, watch it. Sex, love and misery. And it's it's what's fun is like this film isn't about 
the documentarian getting people together and then like, you know, he's not like a matchmaker or whatever. He's just like, I'm just going to film whatever happens. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't go on the dates with them. You, you just get the aftermath of the date yeah. and you get, you know, the people's biases after the date and like how they react to it and how they reflect on it, which was really interesting. I remember what I was going to ask you, Dan. Yes. Uh, how did you feel about them not showing the actual dates? I was okay with it. Like, I think what the film is about is the reflection of the date, you know, mm -hmm. because we don't need to know what happened. We need to know what they think happened, I guess, because that's what's important. Like, the, the character comes out of not their, um, not their action, but their reaction. Yeah, because if you watch the date, you might think like, oh, Izzy seems like she's really enjoying Jack. And no, yeah. she's probably just being nice. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, you don't really know. Until well, they... like, you kind of get that as you're you're talking to them or as they're being interviewed. You kind of get that. I think that is my favorite exchange whenever you really, whenever you start to realize it's all about the individual's reflection is whenever you, you have Jack and Izzy talking because mm -hmm. Jack is saying one thing and Izzy's saying something completely different. And it's like, Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I wanted to be in the room with this exchange happening because you both have <laughs> very differing ideas about yeah. how this is going to work. It's fun to see the worldview of like each character yeah. and like even what, what we hold when we're watching it, we're thinking about it in a certain way that other people wouldn't be. Uh, oh yeah. Did you want to break down the characters? I, I, I can't, I have a, yeah. We'll start one by one. So let's go with Jack and Izzy first. So Jack is right. this stand-up comedian dude and he's, he's amateur. He's not necessarily the funniest right now. He, he did have like, there were a couple scenes of him doing stand-up, which <laughs> like maybe a little, have a little chortle. If but, you were like, there at, in the audience, you'd probably laugh. Yeah. Izzy does not like it. <laughs> um, no. But Izzy is somebody who has been married before and she thinks that it ended in a disaster. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to mingle and I'm just going to have fun with my life. Yeah. And she hates dating as well. She's yes. like, it's not great. The culmination of of Jack or is it Jack? Yeah, Jack and Izzy. Yeah, is she's talking to him on the date and he's awkward and he's not really responsive and she doesn't like the way he is receiving her. So she's like totally this is... shut down. He's just so disinterested in the entire yes. thing. And I'm like, what are we even doing here? But she brings up, oh, my grandpa used to like he made a living by going to thrift stores seeing what's valuable, take, buying it from thrift stores and then reselling it for more money. And Jack kind of picks up on that. And he's like, oh, I'd like to see it. And then they go to Izzy's house and Izzy's like trying to get him to leave. And Jack's trying to go into the house to yeah. see these thrift things. And he goes in and he sees them. He tries them on. They don't fit. And she's like, I just want you to leave but she's she tells the camera that she doesn't tell him that. So you know this is this whole thing is super awkward and like you could probably cut the tension in this room with a knife. Yeah. But then he makes it out to be like she invited me in to try yeah. on these jackets. Which is that's not what and, happened. And Izzy's like, no, I didn't want this to happen. And it, it's just the strangest interaction. And Jack is already a weird guy. He's yeah. interesting. He's uh, very deadpan in everything. Like, if you were to just meet him, you wouldn't think he's a comedian at all. Yeah. It's kind of like what Izzy thought. And then he tells his own jokes on the date, which is like, no. Why would you ever tell your stand-up jokes during your date? 
That's wild. There's one place for stand-up jokes, and that is on a stand-up stage. You're not going to get the same feel or reaction when you're actually there in an audience watching a comedian do their set. Really weird. But yeah, when I heard the, about the jacket story, that's when my opinion of Jack. Yeah, like, exactly. Jack, come on, dude. You gotta. And he's like, it didn't even fit me. It's like, it's just, you, don't... you gotta figure it out, bro. Or just what like, is going on right now? Also, like, read. <laughs> I don't know. Like, read the social cues. Like, the way. the way I, I don't know. I wasn't there, but the way so in which people Izzy. people don't have them. I know. The way in which Izzy, like, portrayed how it went, I'm like. I don't know. I would have left. Like, if, Can you imagine? You're, you're on a terrible date. You don't, you know you have no chemistry with the person. And then you walk them home and you're like, okay, finally, this date's going to be over. And then she says a thing about jackets. You're like, wait a minute. I could maybe buy her jacket. Well, you know, what <laughs> like, that made what? me feel like is he got the opportunity to get inside her apartment. And it's like... Is your end goal sex, even though this date is terrible? Why would he care if he doesn't even like her? Exactly. That's strange. <laughs> that's, so that's kind of, that's the vibe of uh, Jack and Izzy. Yeah. Now let's go on to Troy and Camilla, because they are also in the film for a very brief amount of time. And we will finish with the piece de resistance, uh, Asia and Emil. So Camilla is a paralegal. She lives in Queens. Uh, uh, she was, she's been cheated on. And for some reason, she thinks she's fat and she is not. So she has like this idea in her head where she's like, I, she obsesses about her weight a lot. Yes. Um, to the point where it kind of sounded unhealthy at times, but uh, she's really nice, sweet person. And then Troy is like this really fucking cool guy. He's got green hair. Um, he's just like very outgoing he has like a presence to him where I was just like, I want to, I want to listen and follow him more. Yeah, me too. And the film, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess because of their initial date, they're like, there wasn't a much, that much there. But what I'll say is they initially have their date. And at first it sounds like, oh, the date went really, really well. And then they cut away from them for a while. And then when they cut back, Camilla's like, oh no, the date, the date didn't go well. And I thought this was the second date and it wasn't, it was the same date. So Troy thought the date went really well. And Camilla was like, no, I did not. Yeah. She thought him of him more of like a brother or a friend. And I was like, yeah. oh my and God. Like, so basically the, she says the date went well because they like, or he was saying the date went well because they talked about music. And then he, at one point it says in passing that he was invited to Florida like for yeah. some kind of music. So I thought you thought it went really well. Yeah. So th- that was a little confusing, but in, in the end, Camilla um, just kind of rejects it, doesn't want it. And then he's like, yeah, whatever. On to the next date. But it's interesting because the like brother thing gets brought up to Troy. And Troy's like, ah, yeah. I guess there was kind of like a platonic vibe there. But then he tries to play it off. He's like, but I think there could be something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's it's great. Everyone's rationale. They're like, but what if what you're telling me is not true? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I was a little confused there because Camille also did seem like she enjoyed the first date. Yeah. And then they cut to her again. And she's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, what? Well, what are we saying? I had a similar confusion with uh, uh, Emile. So Emil and Asia, they're going on a date. Emil is from France originally. Yes. And uh, he's he is quite a character. He likes raunchy jokes. He likes talk, talking, being politically incorrect and, and saying things that are 
just kind of outrageous, like outrageous comedy, which we we both enjoy. And it depends depends on the company and who you're with. Yeah. Like you know, if you feel comfortable with someone, you can say some. Asia's really very progressive minded, and they know that and, you're just kidding and you don't mean it. And Asia's very progressive minded, and she um doesn't necessarily get offended by his jokes, but like she's like, wow, I I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, like don't say crazy stuff like while we're out in public and other people can hear you because it's maybe a little embarrassing is what I was getting. Yeah. Asia is a fashion icon. Yes. She is (laughs) uh, a burp enthusiast. Yes. She likes not having camto. Uh, She doesn't (laughs) like micropenes. She may like to fuck men a bunch. Yes. uh, Which is totally fine. I think it's great. And uh, she's a bit of a day drinker. She's the life and breath of this documentary. She is perfection. Yeah. Um, so Emil, <laughs> Emil, like right off the she's bat, she's great. I love her. Right off the bat, Emil's like, you know, I, I, she's she's great on the inside, but I'm not so attracted to her. It's like, oh, dude. Dude, come on. And then, oh, there's so much drama between Emil. So, yeah, so he says, like, he says, I'm not very attracted to her. And and he says she's kind of a little all over the place for me. Uh, I think he even says crazy at one point. But then he continues to go on dates with her. They're having a great time. They they do all the, the things that adults do. Okay? Put your kids to bed. <laughs> <laughs> It's after dark specials happening. And uh, yeah, and they, they were together for a little bit. Um, but what breaks up their relationship, Dan? Um, oh, what was it that broke up their relationship? Well, I'll tell you. Yes. Emil gets sick and, I, and he oh. thinks he has like STDs and he blames it on Asia and she gets really pissed. He, he, blames, <laughs> he blames getting sick, like his, his pee burns. And he's like, you need to get tested because this is wrong. And then she gets pissed at him. What I like about Asia is even though she's pissed at him, she's still super fun loving. And she's like, yeah, she's yeah, like, fuck yeah. this guy. He's stupid, but all right. Like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then when she gets uh, negative oh results God. on all. She, she puts it on speakerphone and she starts dancing to the results, like twerking. She's like, you are negative for chlamydia. You are negative for hep A. You are negative. She's like, I'm going to make this my ringtone. Where is the Asia movie? The world demands Asia be in more films. Yes. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. What is what does she do for a living? Does she just like model? I think she, uh, like all we know is she models. Clothing and purses yeah. and stuff? Okay, okay. I mean, like unless it's something else and I, I totally missed it, but like we just kind of glean. She doesn't even say she's yeah. a model. She just shows that she models like clothing and mm-hmm. accessories. She's the best. Yes. I agree. She, the the things she's... I mean, it's so funny. She gets mad at Emil for saying outrageous shit. She does the most outrageous things and says yes. the most outrageous things. And I love it. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> like, she like... Just out of control. She's... Uh, man, she, she is... <laughs> There's one time where um, Shannon is interviewing Emil, and um, he he's like he's saying something, and Shannon I guess organized that um, Asia's gonna sneak up behind Emil, mm-hmm. and they're in the same frame, so she catches him bad talking 
Oh, yeah. He tells her to go play with the rat. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, stuff like that where it was... Emil was being interviewed, and then Asia just happens to walk by, and I was like, is this real? Is this... Like, what is this film? I don't know. That was definitely set up. I don't know. I just don't know what's happening. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, you can argue that that's part of the process. Like, Mm -hmm. to make the documentary more interesting, let's, like, force some of these relationships. Let's force some of these encounters. And that's totally okay, because you're still observing. You're still seeing how these players are going to react in this, I don't know, this film that you're constructing. And, like, they they have... The stage of life. And I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it. I was just very curious. I'm just like, I... Well, again, like, I think that's, like, kind of the charm of documentaries. It's like, even though they're nonfiction, you have such a creative spin on them. Your documentary can go south and be super factual and just kind of a boring documentary. Or you can put your own narrative spin on it and make it, you know, into this this beast of your choosing. Like, I'm going to do this and this and see what that makes that I can observe kind of. And I, 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 that's why I I like sex, love and misery. And that's why I'm a little disappointed that it's so short because we could have had multiple relationships that were like this because. Oh, I thought it was perfect. Well, I, I I thought the pacing was perfect. The pacing is perfect, but like I'm saying, so it says in the synopsis, uh, swiping, dating, ghosting, like they only mention ghosting in passing. They don't ever actually mm-hmm. see ghosting happen. And I thought it would oh, be that would have been interesting. It would have been really, really interesting to like actually see like somebody actually get ghosted and <laughs> reacting to that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, closing thoughts. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was great. I don't know if I'd praise this properly, but the camera work in this wonderful documentary style, yes, very steady, no shaky cam. So I loved it. And I'm only reason I'm saying this because like I liked Clairvoyant, which is a film we watched earlier or before. And like, again, that was uh, got me a little queasy sometimes. So I feel like this is a great example of being able to do the documentary style um, where it's like you're engaged. You're walking with the character or you're outside filming and, and, you know, like you're still able to keep keep that camera. I don't want to be noticing the camera movement that much. Because then it'll take me out of the film. Like, most people don't want to see that. I mean, we're really hyper aware of it because when we're reviewing or pay attention to things like that. But I want to be in the film. Um, But And I was. And I thought it did a great job. Dan, what do you think? Everybody should watch this. It's very entertaining. Um, It it has universal themes. Like, even though I haven't gone on a date ever. (laughs) 30 years. (laughs) Um, Well, with a stranger, we'll say. Even though I haven't gone on a date with a stranger like it's it's super relatable um you you get a lot of the human condition in it and i i i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the documentary uh dan why don't we do plugs yes about that? you can find us on twitter at indie film pod you can find us on instagram at indie film review pod you can email us at the indie film review at gmail.com you can also donate to our patreon if you so wish we have a one dollar tier for fans a three dollar tier for better fans and we have a five dollar <laughs> tier for filmmakers um if you donate five dollars just once uh, we will uh, we will put your film on a shorter waiting list because our waiting list is about six months seven months somewhere around there and if you want to get your film um, released faster because you want it or you're on a press embargo and you want a certain date like we'll totally do certain dates as well 
So you can donate $5 there, or we recently set up a PayPal. You just go to paypal.me slash indie film review. Again, just a one-time $5 donation, and that will get your film bumped up to a shorter list, which is about one to two weeks turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like we've had a few inquiries where people wanted their films bumped, but they didn't want to do the Patreon. Yeah. And I totally get it because like they don't want to like do it and then forget about it. And we are not about that. If that happens at any time and someone's like, I did not mean to like donate. I wanted to cancel this. I will give you your money back. Like totally. Yeah. We're not being not sneaky. an issue. Yeah. And how I set up the pay, uh, not the PayPal, how I set up the uh, Patreon is it charges automatically. So as soon as you do it, you can cancel it immediately. And now we have the PayPal thing, which is like, okay, now I don't even have to worry about this yes. nonsense. So that's great. Awesome. Super stoked about that. Thank you to everyone who's been continually supporting us monetarily and licitarily. Licitarily. Listen. Licitarily. Uh, and, and support us that way. That's great. Uh, tell other people about the show. That helps a lot. Tell Asia about the show. I want her to be our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like if she finds out about the show and she likes it, she will tell every single person about the show whether they want to hear it or not. Yes. And that's the kind of spirit. Exactly. That's the kind of energy that I like. Exactly. At the Indie Film Review. Right, 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 right. Uh, okay, so uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Go check out the Necropoticon.com. That is the network we are affiliated with. Necropoticon.com. We're hanging out on the Discord. Uh, if you want to join the Discord, just go to the go to that site. Click the link. It's free. We're having fun. I'm painting. I'm doing water watercolors, and I'm I'm showing the people. I go, hey, look, this is something, and they go, yes, it is, and I go, hell yeah, and that's my <laughs> life. So, uh, yep. Thank you, Dan. Final word. Yes, I have the final word. <laughs> <laughs> um, at one point, Emil says, <laughs> he was joking about it. He's like, well, do I have cancer of the dick? I'm like, yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, Emil. <laughs> and then he deep throats the mic. Oh, God. <laughs> like a champion. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.